Welcome to JPI 5, a podcast featuring five questions and five answers regarding the California water industry, risk pools, risk management, and more. To support 5, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share episodes with others, and leave us a review. Five stars, of course. Thank you for listening. Now, please welcome our host and guest for today. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone, uh, for another episode of JPIA 5. We are extremely excited. I think I say that every episode, but this one I am really excited for. Not that I wasn't excited for others, but today is a topic that I enjoy speaking about and learning about and have talked to both our guests on this topic. And the topic is leadership. And now cannot be a better time as the JPIA leadership program has just started accepting applications for the upcoming cohorts that will take place during the coming year. So um, let me introduce Sarah Crawford, our training manager, and we are going to talk to Sarah and our very special guest about leadership today. Well, thank you, Rob. Yes, I'm glad to be on with you today uh, talking about our leadership essentials for the water industry program and about the topic of leadership development overall here for our JPIA listening audience. Um, I'm pleased to um, introduce Clint Kamak. He is the president of Leadership Development Network and a founder and facilitator of our JPIA Leadership Essentials for the Water Industry program. Uh, Clint, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. Uh, My my name is Clint Kamak. I live in the Sacramento area. Um, I'm a part of, of a leadership development firm that provides leadership training, consulting, and I guess, executive coaching uh, across the nation with a variety of public and and private uh, customers and companies. Uh, I've been doing it for about 11 years directly with with this company, LDN. Um, Prior to that, uh, I've spent most of my life in the United States Air Force. And during my Air Force career, I was asked to get involved in education. Um, I was asked to be a leadership school commandant And so that's kind of how my background started in leadership development, by learning how to be a facilitator, how to write and create content and curriculums. Um, And then, you know, kind of advanced through my military career, uh, gaining a lot of experience as a leader. Um, I retired from the military a few years ago, did some other things in the corporate world, and then stepped in or back into leadership development with LDN, like I said, about 11 years ago. Thank you so much, Clint. In in all your experience, um, both in the uh, United States Air Force and in the private sector, what have you found to be the most important skill senior leaders need to learn or develop to be successful? Well, it's a great, great uh, question, Rob. And, and unfortunately, it's a, it's a very important skill that I think gets often overlooked. And when we're talking specific to senior leaders, I I would offer that the most important skill is that they be strategic minded. You know, every team, every agency has to have some sense of direction for where they're moving to into the future. And in order to be able to do that, 
a leader has to understand that one of their key responsibilities is, like I said, to be strategic minded. They have to work with their team to develop some type of vision for where they want to go, what they want to be, um, what do they want to do, and what does that look like and what will it feel like when they get there. Once they've created a vision, then they can start to build alignment within their team or within their agency, making sure that most importantly, every member of the team has complete clarity about what that vision means, why we've chosen that specific vision, and you know, again, what will it be like or feel like when we get there? And then what is their role or responsibility in helping the team or the agency um, you know, make that vision a reality? So their you know, leaders are responsible for the process of crafting a vision and working with their team to do that. Then they need to build alignment and communication is the most important aspect of that with the goal of clarity. It, you know, the goal is not communication itself. The goal is clarity that we use the process of communication to achieve. And then once we've got the vision set and we've got alignment built, then and only then can we start to execute and start to put in the priorities, the objectives, the goals, the tasks, who's going to do what by when. So again, we can make steady progress towards that vision with the overall goal, goal of making it a reality. Unfortunately, what I've discovered is that a lot of senior leaders believe that that, that strategic mindedness only lies in the responsibilities of the very most senior leader in the organization, whether that be a general manager, whether that be a CEO or the president of a company, there's a, there's a false, I guess, uh, understanding that that is where strategic leadership lies when, when really every leader should be strategic minded, but the more senior a leader is, the more important it is for them to be strategic minded. And I, I have seen that so many leaders don't practice this. They, they jump right to execution without having the plan. Is that what you've observed? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it is common for folks to think about the future and, and, and develop a direction, but then jump right into execution <laughs> and forgetting that, that important middle step of alignment. Um, yeah, I mean, I've even seen, okay, well, here's my vision. Here, here's the plan. And then they ignore it and, and just become <laughs> reactive. And you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it, it, most agencies have a vision. And they've taken the time with their senior leadership team to think about what their vision should be and, and to draft it out and create it. And that process by itself can be arduous for a team. Um, there's typically a lot of wordsmithing and, and things, but eventually when they have their vision statement created, it's like they think they're done at that point. Oh, we got our vision statement. Okay, let's move on to other things. When they're only just beginning once they have that vision statement made because that vision statement should drive everything in the organization until that vision becomes a reality. And, and unfortunately, I, I, think, I think it's just a lack of awareness around really the way to be strategic minded, the opportunity that we have as senior leaders to do that and to use a vision in that way so that it 
drives performance and it and it uh, it helps the organization actually move forward towards it um, in the future years. Clint, what are some of the biggest misconceptions people have about leadership? <laughs> There's a couple um, that that I've found. I guess the first that, that I think about is that uh, a misconception that leadership is about results. And I know that I try to uh, share in our leadership programs uh, the statement that leadership is not about results. And I know that when people hear that, that they are a little confused by that. They're thinking, what do you mean? It isn't. That's why we have leadership. It's because we need to produce results in an agency or on a team and Leaders help us to do that. Yes, that is a part of leadership. But if we just assume that leadership is about results, we'll forget about the people aspect of the team and the agency. So we like to say leadership is not about results. It's about inspiring those who produce results. So yes, it's still about results, but the misconception is it's only about results when really leadership is about people. And when we focus on the, the members of the organization or the members of the team, when we put them first in terms of their resourcing, their care, making sure they have all the time, tools, and training to be able to do their job to the best of their ability, then they'll produce the results that we know that leadership is inherently responsible for. And then, you know, so that's kind of one of the misconceptions. The second one, I think, is that we, we still... Um, treat people as a resource. And I don't believe people inside an organization are a resource at all. They're the organization itself. (laughs) They're not a resource. They're the agency. They're the organization. They're the team. And so we can't make the mistake of lining people up next next to budget, next to equipment, and next to the other types of resources in the organization and, and try to manage people like we manage those other resources. Um, so we have to stop thinking about people as being a resource. And actually, I, I believe we need to change a lot of terminology that we're using and have been using for a while. You know, the term human resources is just not an effective term. People services is a much better term that, uh, that relates to how we care for um, and uh, take people take care of people inside an organization. So two misconceptions. One is that leadership is, is only about results, and the second one is that uh, people are a resource. Yeah, I, I really like that, the idea of doing away with the term human resources. Yeah. Uh, it, it forgets that the, that human resource is a person. Yes. And as every person, they're complex with lots of, Lots of different things going on. And I remember hearing uh, Laszlo Bach, who was the first director of people services for Google. And he talked about that, that they didn't want to use the word human resources at Google because it was people, not not a resource that he was concerned about. I, I agree 100 percent. And, and we've we've got a lot of work to do in that area for sure. I think another misconception is that uh, people think just because you're good at your job, you are going to be a leader, and they discount how important it is to acknowledge that leadership is a skill that requires training, practice, and investment of time and energy. 
And that's why this leadership program that the JPIA offers, the Leadership Essentials Program, is so, so great because it does focus on teaching you these skills. So tell us a little bit about the Leadership Essentials Program at the JPIA and what sets it apart from other leadership development programs? Yeah, yeah, thank you, Rob. Um, well, the program started in 2015 through a through kind of a collaboration between um, Aqua JPIA and our company, the Leadership Development Network. Um, as JPI, JPIA was looking for uh, an opportunity to create value for their member agencies in the area of leadership, and they wanted to develop a program to help in that regard. Um, it's a special program, and it's the one that I, I like to teach the, the most out of all the programs that we teach across, across the country. And it, I think part of the reason why is, one, its structure and its design. It's a one-year program. It consists of four separate in-class sessions, you know, basically, you know, a day to a day and a half each session. Um, and then in between each session is a few webinars to kind of stay connected and stay focused on the content and, and help the participants stay active in the program. Besides the structure, which is which is a good structure to have, imagine, imagine how beneficial it is to be in a program like that where you can come for a day or a day and a half and get a whole bunch of great new content the, for you to learn and apply, but then have three to four months of time to be able to apply that and really absorb it and really retain it so that it becomes a part of who you are as a leader. And then you come back again for another day or day and a half and you, you get more content uh, to, to learn and focus on and then another three or four months to apply. So the one-year program and the way it's laid out is very effective. Um, also, the, the general design of the program where the first session is focused on self-leadership and it's really looking at leadership from a one-to-one -one ratio. How do I as a person have a positive and or inspirational influence on others. And, and to, to look at leadership from a one-to-one -one ratio, you know, I have to first understand who I am and what do I bring to that relationship. And then I also have to understand, you know, how others are. And, you know, that's learning about different personality types and things like that. But once I have an understanding of, of who I am and what I bring and what what who others are and what their needs are, then I can begin to figure out what is it that I need to try to do to create the right context for them to be inspired. So the first session is focused on self-leadership. The second session is, is team-based leadership, which is a which is a one-to-some ratio for leadership, depending on whatever size of team you have, whether it's you know two, four, eight, you know, or 80. Uh, it's a one-to-some ratio. And 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 so you're still doing the one-to-one -one ratio with each member of the team, but you also have to look at them as a, as a collective whole. And, and how can you get them to, to be able to trust each other at a high level, to be able to then cooperate and work together, um, you know, make good decisions and commit to those decisions so that the team can be very productive and, and hopefully high performing. And then the third session and the final session of the program is, is focused on agency leadership, which would be a one-to-many ratio in perspective, where you may be a senior 
a manager or a senior leader, whether you're the general manager and you may be, you know, responsible for the entire agency or district, or you may be a divisional manager and you may have, you know, 20, 40, 60 or so. And it's, you know, that session three is, is the area that's more focused on strategic leadership and, and looking at things from a 10,000 foot view. So, so this makeup within the JPI uh, Leadership Essentials Program, where you're learning about self-leadership, team leadership, agency leadership, I think at the end of the year, all of the participants have a really good grasp of leadership across all three of those uh, spectrums. And I think it's, it creates a lot of value for them. Yeah, as an alumni of the program, I got an enormous amount out of it. Thought it was great. Sarah, what, who do you feel benefits from taking the program and how do they apply? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but applications have just opened for the program. <laughs> they sure have. Yeah, we just opened up registration for our 2023 to 2024 year cohort. As Clint mentioned, they are. it is a year-long program. And generally, we um, see general managers, district superintendents, uh, water operator level uh, agency members applying for the program. They do The seats do fill quickly. We have a fairly small cohort. So there's about 16 seats in each. We have a Northern California cohort and a Southern California cohort. And um, again, like you mentioned, the applications are open and that just closed June 15th uh, for the upcoming sessions. And I think October is when the Southern California session starts and November is when the Northern California one starts. You know, and I just wanted to echo um, as a participant myself, I found such value in that networking with other agency leaders to be able to grow together and learn um, about ourselves and about our teams and thinking about the different teams we're involved in as a leader, not just the people that we lead, but also as a management team, thinking about it um, at that at that level and working with other leaders. It's been really exceptional to be able to bounce ideas off of peers that are going through some of the same challenges and learning at the same time. So I, I feel like it's beneficial to all involved, uh, but the focus is really on the, that senior leader, maybe someone who manages other managers. Um, we do offer other other options for training through JPIA and our professional development program for supervisors who are starting out. And this is sort of that next level um, when you've had a little bit more experience in the role and had a chance to start applying those things. So, And there'll be a link in the show notes that will take you directly to the application. Yep. So, um, Clint, what has surprised you uh, most about the program over the years and its participants? Um, I'm not so sure it, it necessarily surprised me, um, but it certainly impressed me. And, and that is the participants themselves. I mean, we do teach a number of programs with a number of organizations across the nation. Many of those programs are you know, taught within a company. Um, and so there's a training program for supervisors or managers to attend and, you know, the, the people services <laughs> department um, sets them up for the leadership training and then they come to the program. And, and so sometimes you have people in the room that don't want to be there. Um, you know, they're there because they have to. 
That's not the case in the JPIA uh, Leadership Essentials programs. Every participant that has had attended the program over these years, um, they want to be there. They've asked to be there. Um, in some cases, they've hounded their general manager to send me as soon as possible. And then they're finally given the opportunity to go uh, when there was an open seat. Uh, they have a strong desire to be a good leader. Um, they are diligent, very diligent with their engagement in the program. And probably the most important thing is how much they're able to take from the program and actually apply it. Uh, that's that's one of the major failure points in in leadership development is that there's there's a the percentage of participants who actually apply what they learn is is just not uh, a percentage that we would ever be happy with. Part of that is is we just have a problem with retention when it comes to to learning as humans. But for some reason within the JPIA Leadership Essentials Program, it's different in in. And I don't really know it's the, the program that makes a difference. I think it's just the participants. They want to be there. Um, they already come with a lot of insight and experience with leadership, and they're just re they're ready to take their game to the next level. And it just changes the context for the program. And, and, and to me, that's what I'm most impressed with is, uh, is each and every one of them that's attended. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would have to echo that, that the enthusiasm of being part of the group was super high. People just were excited about this prospect. And whether they were at senior management or, or at uh, just entering management, the idea of doing something that was going to be beneficial to their career over their entire work life they were very, very fired up. Everyone I, I was involved with. And I think that's great. And, you know, implementing and applying the leadership training back on the job, you're right. It's really a challenge because work comes, gets into play and you're not dealing with people who are in the class or have taken the class and you may know what you're supposed to do, but they don't. So, <laughs> What ways do you recommend for people to continue to grow and expand their leadership capabilities after they graduate from the program? Well, it's um, I mentioned it just quickly in my last discussion that we have to overcome the, the natural human inefficiency when it comes to retaining information that we learn in training programs. On average, um, we lose 50% of what we're exposed to within one hour. And then we lose another, uh, I think it is 20% within a day. And then we lose an additional 5% within a week. So at best in, in training programs, even leadership training programs, is we retain about 25% of the content. That already sets us kind of, kind of up for failure. So the first thing that I think participants need to focus on is build retention for themselves. And the only way to do that is to be proactive after every training session to come back to the content, you know, wh whether it's in their workbook or within a guide or with whatever handouts are provided, you've got to come back to it several times so that your brain can retain it 
I, I, I'm not sure I've seen any data that supports this, but I'm pretty sure that something that is not retained has zero chance of ever being applied. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if we, so if we want application, we first have to have retention and we have to overcome that, that natural human tendency that, that sets us up for failure. And we can only do that by coming back to it several times. The more that we come back to it, the more that we will retain it. And then the more that we will self-reflect on that information and how it applies to the team that we're leading. And then at that point, it's just a matter of initiative. Do we, are we responsible enough in our leadership role to take what we learn and, and based on the needs of our team and organization and to put it into place? It's going to take courage. It's going to require change. Um, your, your people are going to, you know, at first maybe gag on it a little bit because they, they have a tendency to do that with all change, but that's how we get traction. And that's, you know, if, if each member of, of every training program was able to do that, I think we'd see a marked difference in organizations, um, when it comes to leadership and the agency's performance. Yeah. And as more people take the program, join the leadership, uh, essentials program, to where you're not the only one at your district who's been through the process, it, it spreads and slowly spreads throughout the organization. And it, it does take time. Um, and the more people that engage in the process, the better everyone is. True. And, and, and I'll put a separate plug in of, of how important it is for general managers to consider coming to the Leadership Essentials Program. It's one thing to it's one thing to send your division managers to the program, but you know them coming back to your agency and, and being armed with new information and a new language and new frameworks for leadership, um, you know it, it, it there'd be more of an impact inside that agency if the general manager stepped up and said, "I'd like to attend that program too." Because I want to be operating from that same framework, you know, and languages and, and understandings to, to bring that to the agency. I was going to say another component of retention, too, is that debrief process to talk through what you've learned and, and, you know, teaching others, sharing with others what you've learned, whether it's training classes on how to assemble widgets or it's about leadership skills. And one thing I love about the uh, program is that it has that ongoing component being a year long and having those webinars in between in-person sessions. It, it, it kind of it does force you back to the material to look through it and to talk through it with your peers and colleagues in the program. But and not only that, it's um, some assignments for taking things back and applying it to your own team and um, it's built into the program, but then ongoing, uh, you learn that skill so that you can then support your own uh, people that report to you and supporting them in attending the program and then being able to talk through it with them from a standpoint of having that experience themselves uh, and, and what you're saying and modeling what you're wanting to see in others <laughs> yourself. So that's great. Thank you, client. Yeah, you know, I could we could talk about leadership the three of us for True. much more time. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've used up our five questions. Clint, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Sarah, um, again, why don't we let people know about the program, how they can uh, apply, 
And one new thing that's going on this year that's really exciting about the program. Yeah, thank you. So again, the applications are open for our 2023 to 2024 cohort year. Um, And again, those applications close on June 15th. And new this year, as Rob was mentioning, we do have a the Jerry Gladback Leadership Program Grant, which is now available from an application process for that as well. Um, you would complete an application to attend the program. And then um, if your agency does not have a budget for Uh, the commitment that would be necessary financially for this program. That program grant was designed to allow one member in both the North Northern California cohort and the Southern California, uh, the, the funds to be able to pay for the tuition and travel expenses that might come up for the program. And so you can apply and review that application um, as well as the program overall, uh, the schedule, the synopsis, the detailed information about that on our JPIA website uh, under training and then leadership development. So you just go to www.aquajpia.com and training under that would be leadership development. And we are going to put a uh, link in the show notes for today's uh, podcast so that you can just go directly to that and be able to access all of the information and details. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Clint. And most of all, thank you to everyone listening today. Hope you enjoyed this episode on leadership. If you did, please subscribe, leave a comment, and like this episode and our program. It really helps us and it drives up uh, viewership and we become more recommended. So again, uh, like, subscribe and comment. Thank you all, thank you to our music and thank you to our introduction. Have a great day and become a leader by taking the JPIA Leadership Essentials class. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to JPI 5. Remember to leave us a five-star review, comment, or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a topic or guest speaker you would like us to feature or a question you would like to learn more about, please send us an email at podcast at aquajpia.com. Until our next episode, thank you for making us a part of your day.